the relationship that I have with like my husband and the relationship that I have with my kids um, and the relationship that I have with myself is like invaluable. Are you an RV person? Or are you just RV life curious, wondering how people live in a tiny space with their family 24-7? Either way, this is a podcast for you. My name is Kate White, and I travel full-time with my family and two kids and the dog in an RV. Every week, I sit down with a fellow RV woman to learn why she chose RV life and how she has changed on the road. Pull a chair up to the fire, and let's chat. Hello, my friends and fellow RV queens. This is Kate White, your host, coming at you one more week from beautiful northern Michigan. I We just love it up here. Okay, so today I got to meet and chat with Noelle Raboyne. She is a great light. She's one of those like soulful, positive people Um, If you're not familiar with her yet, go check out Full-Time Family Adventures across all social medias and you'll see what I'm talking about. She's like really vulnerable and went deep on a lot of questions with me, which was really fun. Also, there's a lot of firsts for the podcast with this conversation, such as first Southern California resident that I've interviewed, to be honest, and also the first time I made someone cry with one of my questions oh my gosh i love this conversation i think you will too let's get into it hello noelle and welcome to the rv queens podcast how are you today hello so good so happy to be here thanks for having me on today oh my gosh my pleasure uh where are you guys right now right now we are in seaside oregon we've been here Middle summer, we got here like middle of July, and we're just finishing out the rest of the season here on the coast. I haven't been to Oregon. Is Seaside, Oregon like an actual place, or do you mean like you're just on by the ocean, or is it a real place? Yeah, so Oregon is just like such a beautiful little gem. Oh my gosh, so excited for you to come in and explore over here. Um, But yeah, the city is actually called Seaside, and it's... It's actually the city. And yeah, we are actually seaside. So it's both. <laughs> they made it easy on us. Nice. <sighs> I've heard a lot of good things about Oregon. So I'm excited to check it out oh, um, yes. soon. And the you're PMW originally magical. You're, you're originally from the West Coast. So have you guys kind of like stayed in that area over the past couple of years of as you've RV'd? Yeah. We're yeah, we're born and raised uh Southern Californiers. So been on the West Coast our whole life. And then when we first launched, we left California. And just because of where RV life took us to get us launched, we were in Missouri. So had a complete like culture shock, weather shock, like the whole thing. And we're really excited to like get out and explore um, over east. So once our time in Missouri was done, we beelined it for Florida. Got to experience very, very little. I know that we have still so much to explore over there, but then we missed the West Coast so much, we beelined it all the way back to California. And yeah, since then have kind of just been doing this like West Coast circle that we've been just kind of like perfecting and nailing down and just kind of continue to or plan to continue to do so for until 
until we don't. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I don't blame you. I mean, the West Coast is hard to beat. So yeah, it's kind of like the whole like, if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like if we're enjoying it, like, yeah, there's a lot of other places we're excited to see and explore someday. But we're just we're having fun right now. And yeah, I can I can imagine you like <laughs> touch down in Florida and you're like, mm, never mind. Let's go back to California where it's not as humid as all again out. Being able to see a mountain, we realized, I think, I don't know, growing up to always be able to see a mountain range is a bigger mental deal than we realized until the mountains were taken away. And that was kind of like the thing that we like needed to get back to. Even if you're not going to be in the mountains, it's having that like depth perception on your landscape is very... um calming and soothing to us. Don't know if that's just from being raised with it or if there's actual science behind it. I'm sure I could like deep dive into that and have a field day, but that's really what it was for us. That's fascinating. The The most recent mountain range I saw was in eastern Tennessee. And I know the feeling you're talking about. It's like a coziness. It's kind of like a like a protection, you know, it's like we're safe yes. here. Yeah. Safety. I think that's yeah. the feeling is like, I feel safe because I'm surrounded by a foundation. And if like that's gone, you kind of wonder like, oh, what's uh, what's protecting us? Right. That is so fascinating. Fascinating. Okay. So I want to start um, back in... You know, a few years ago before you guys hit RV life full time in 2019, it sounds like you approached your husband, Chris, with an RV life idea. And he was like, definitely not. You guys lived some crazy couple years leading up to 2021. And then he circled back and he was the one to approach you with the idea of moving into an RV and traveling full time. So set the scene for us. Like what was going on in 2021 that Chris uh, <laughs> made Chris come to you with that idea? Every decision we've ever made has been to be together as a family as much as possible. When someone asks us, you know, what do you guys do? We want to say we're a full-time family because that's just what brings us joy is getting to be a partners in a family unit. So that's what was driving all of these decisions before it ended up with RV life was we moved for the first time. It wasn't what we thought it was going to be. And so we started brainstorming again. And so we decided to move again. We've got the confidence like we did it once. We could do it again. So let's move somewhere else. So we moved to South Lake Tahoe because that felt like let's do something crazy. Let's do something big you know, but it wasn't going to be selling everything that we own to go travel full time yet. But let's go somewhere really beautiful and somewhere where we, where we don't know anybody. It all seemed really scary still and like a big deal still. So we had moved to South Lake Tahoe in 2020, um, actually like right when the pandemic hit. And so it had been a year and a half in this beautiful new place right when the world started to change. And we, I think, actually got really lucky and experienced Tahoe the way that nobody has been able to experience Tahoe because we kind of got it all to ourselves for for a year and a half, you know, without the tourists. And when we moved there, we heard all the stories about like usually and normally and 
isn't this crazy? But it ended up being like a really amazing gift to be given such a beautiful place as a family to get to know each other more, exactly what we wanted and intended to do. And um, it just led us to more of those questions. How do we keep doing this more? We had continued to talk about what would all of that look like. And so now when we're in the summer of 2021, um, there were some major wildfires all over the area, so bad to where we actually got evacuated from our home. And um, our our entire home was threatened by these wildfires. And a lot of neighboring towns were completely destroyed. Like our community where we were living was heavily impacted. And so that was the deciding factor, I think, or when Chris's mind really was like, no, let's like do this. Let's make this happen because we've spent the last two years talking about it and we've gotten creative and I can kind of see some ways now that this can be practical. So it was actually while we were evacuated from our home that we put it on the market. <laughs> that was like when we made that that final decision to be like, yep, we're doing it. We're selling everything uh, was when we weren't even at our house. We kind of thought, well, this will kind of tell us if it's meant to be because there's no way we're going to sell a house that's in an evacuation zone easily but we're just going to throw ourselves out there and say, hey, we want to sell and see if it happens. And it, it did quicker, quicker than we even imagined it would. That's amazing. So had you guys RV'd before? Like, are you some, were you familiar with what you were getting into or were you just in it for the concept of like, yeah, we'll be able to pick up and go? Limited, I guess I would say. I wouldn't say zero experience, but like very, very limited. Um we had been tent camping. I mean, we were big campers, outdoorsy people, you know, um, never really been to an RV park, but had been to a lot of different campgrounds. And that's what we really enjoyed and wanted to expand on this love for the outdoors and camping. We get to just make full time, which you can. But as I think a lot of full time RVers know, it's very different. Um, but we had been camping quite a bit. And then when we were in Tahoe, we just had got for the first time a little 20 foot, I don't even think it was 20 foot, like 19 foot travel trailer that the, that we utilized to like um, as a little side business. We were renting it on outdoorsy um, because Tahoe was a very camping friendly area, um, but had only done that a year and a half prior to taking off for RV life. And we learned everything on the fly, <laughs> learned everything on the road. Uh, there was no pre preparing. There was no knowledge base. There was just like this and something comes up and you're like, I have no idea what this is. What do we do? Like, where's the instruction manual? Where's the YouTube video? <laughs> totally same. We weren't even outdoor people before we started our ring. So uh, definitely full immersion learning there. Um, okay, so, so you... There's a wildfire. You evacuate your house and put it on the market at the same time and make a big life decision to go just travel and live full time in RV. Like, I know you're a nurse. How did like logistically what happened next? We had been preparing for a while as I think minimalists, which really 
um, helped us in making the, that big change as quick as we did. Because prior to moving to South Lake Tahoe, we lived in the biggest home that we had ever lived in, which was, I think, 1,600 square feet, 1,800 square feet. And when we moved to Tahoe, we went down to 1,000 square feet. And that was like a pretty big deal. You know, it was cutting our living size in half. And um, the boys were sharing a room for the first time. So we had already kind of like downsized quite a bit. Um, and so we were just like, okay, we know what to do. Like we know how to downsize. And so we just started having garage sales like crazy. And at this moment in time, we were planning on just living in a van. We were going to do van life as a family of four. And so we had, um, already purchased a little van that we were kind of working on in the background converting it um, because it was a medical transport van that had like a wheelchair lift in the back. So we had to like, you know, remove all of it, completely do the inside and and make sure that it could be something that we could live in. Travel nursing was just like, I know that people do that. So I think this will help and work if I can just get a job somewhere out on the road. Um, so I had obviously left my position in Tahoe uh, once our once our house was in escrow. I gave them a month's notice instead of a two-week notice. We headed to Missouri because I had a friend there that had a pretty large property where that's where we were going to end up to just kind of brainstorm the rest. Um, the plan was to just finish out the build on the, the van there and then take off to wherever our hearts desired. And so it was once we ended up in Missouri at my friend's property that is when I just started putting out a bunch of like job applications to travel assignments that were listed in the state of Missouri. And um, I got a phone call back for one that was right outside of St. Louis. And um, that was the assignment that I took that logistically kind of got us like out the door and on the foot. But again, there was no like, long-term plan. You know, when we left, I didn't have a job. None of us did, but we've just always known and trusted that we're just going to know the next step to do and the next right thing. Um, I think the underlying piece of that is that we've always known our why, which I, I mentioned again a little, a little bit ago that our decisions are just solely based on how do we be together more as a family having fun. And um, we just trust that that is our purpose and what we're supposed to do. And so each decision that like supports that is going to be the right answer. Even if everything else after that, we don't have figured out or mapped out or planned out. Um, we just trust that us being together as a family is enough to to figure out each step of the way. That's amazing. And that's so beautiful too, that you've been able to just like keep that um, why at the core of what you're doing because it really takes a lot of faith to, to take a journey like that yeah I think it's the only it's the only way you know if that if that isn't solid it can't I mean it's it's scary it can be scary out here uh you know even with that solid foundation of knowing your why so if the foundation's unstable I can see how like it does seem so impossible and scary and uncomfortable because it really is it all really is. So how long did you end up living in a van with four people? We didn't. We um, 
quickly just reality was setting in. Like we said, we have, we've just been doing this on the fly since day one. So we get to Missouri and we're like, yeah, let's finish out this, this van build. And then we need a job. So I get a job in St. Louis and it's like, it's October and we're like, we don't live in California anymore. (laughs) Like winter is coming. (laughs) What do we do? Um, so we were like, yeah, so this isn't going to pan out or work very well. So we sold the van and, um, found a class C, it was a 32 foot class C, um, in Kansas for sale. And so we drove over to Kansas and got our first home. Um, we did a a full little like refurbish and paint over and makeover on our friend's property um, and then set off to St. Louis for wintertime, which then we only ended up living in for a month. Just lived in it for a month before we traded it in for a fifth wheel. Um, Because again, reality set in super fast. What that space was going to look like as a family of four. And you don't know what you don't know. So we're really starting to feel like, wow, it's getting really cold. It's like, you know, it's November now. Like it's starting to get cold and we're hearing all of these stories and we're seeing people who can handle these fifth wheels. And so we were like, we want to make sure we're just going to be in a space where we're comfortable Because it was also starting to set in that, like, we're going to be inside all winter, too, or, like, for a lot of time, which, again, is not the original intention. We want to be outside more, and we can see that winter is going to end. But right now, what do we need? Like, we need a warm, comfortable, safe space for this family to thrive in. I'm from Missouri, and I don't even have any idea how people live in an RV in the winter in the Midwest. It, and You're I would from never Missouri? Want, yeah, I do. I mean, originally. Uh, Kirksville, Missouri. So a little bit north okay. of St. Louis. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but definitely yeah. familiar with the horrible winters. And I just, I feel like I want to be like, I'm sorry. As a Missourian, I'm sorry. You had to like endure that. But how much how much resilience did you build? I'm sure during that so time. much resilience and confidence. We just look back to the that time and we're like so grateful for it because we learned so much, you know, like we learned our RV, we learned the rig, we learned RV life, how to keep up with maintenance and especially when it's being threatened constantly by frozen pipes and all those things. So it gave us experience and confidence to just really feel like what is out there, bring it on. Like we can handle any situation at any time. Is your family's main income from travel nursing or was your husband working as well? So Chris has been a stay-at-home parent since 2018. So I was just the main income provider working full-time as a nurse And so then when we took off and I got my first travel nursing assignment, that was our only source of income was um, my my travel nursing assignments. And since then, it's just kind of been this like ebb and flow of like how our income is being provided. Travel nursing has been still a main source of income. And then we've also utilized work camping 
which Chris is currently working now as a ranger, uh, one of his first like jobs since he became a stay-at-home parent. But, you know, you're getting to work at your campground. It's very flexible, very family-friendly. So it's like he's working and it almost doesn't feel like he's working, which is nice. So we've done travel nursing, we've done work camping, um, and then obviously we utilize our our full-time family adventures, our content creation business for for monetization and UGC and sponsorships. So we are still doing just ebb and flows of of a lot of different job opportunities that are out there. Um, But again, with the main goal of detaching me from that clock-in, clock-out job to fulfill kind of this puzzle that we've been trying to build for a long time and that final piece is going to be bringing me home from work full-time where we can officially say that we are a full-time family. Hey friends, pardon the interruption. This is a sponsored episode and it's time for a short ad break. I love spending time outside with my kids, especially when we're traveling in the RV. Recently, we had a blast trying out some of Elikai Outdoors' amazing outdoor games. Their games are inspired by nature and are incredibly durable, which means you can create lasting memories with your loved ones. And the best part... They're carrying cases. They're compact enough to take on the road with you. Be sure to check them out at elikai.com slash rvqueens and use the code rvqueens10 to enjoy a discount of 10% off your order. You have two kids. So in the meantime that like you and Chris are up to all these things, I mean, you got to remember there's like two kids in tow. And I know you your story of like, how you homeschool and why is pretty interesting. Um, will you tell us about your journey to unschooling as your family's approach? The educational system made me question my parental capabilities and made a five-year-old question himself and like what he was capable of. So I'm just scared and I'm like racking my brain around like what we are going to do to help support him in school in order for him to like get better because they told me we're going to hold him back. Like, he can't go to first grade is what they told me. Like, we're going to hold him back in kindergarten. My answer was no. Like, no, you're not. (laughs) Like, I'm not going to look my five-year-old in the place and say, sorry, you don't read good enough. Like, you have to, like, stay behind and repeat this grade over again. Because that's how it's, like, explained to them. It's never a good thing. It's never like, hey, kindergarten was so much fun. Let's, like, do it again. It's like, ugh, no, like, we have to, like, stay behind because there's a problem. I still was feeling very lost and confused. And so at our next like um, parent teacher meeting, I was going to bring up to her that I've been thinking about like homeschooling. And I was literally coming to her to say, what do you think? Any advice? Um, Will this help? I don't know. Please help me teach my son how to read. And so at this meeting, I told her, hey, so I'm thinking about like pulling him out of school and homeschooling. Like, what do you think? And the response um, that I received was, may I ask you what you do for a living? And I said, oh, yeah, well, I'm I'm a phlebotomist and I'm going to school to be a nurse. And she was like, "Okay, so I would never walk into a hospital assuming that I could do your job. So I don't know why you think you can take your son home and do mine. Girl, what? That was verbatim what was said to me. And I think like my jaw dropped on the floor 
And I was just trying to process like what just happened. Um, and so the, my only like my solution and what I decided in that moment was I said, thank you very much for your time. Um, I am taking Casey and I'm going to home to homeschool him and we will not be returning to the school again. So me and Chris figured out a schedule where, you know, he was, I was working weekends. So he was going to take over schooling on the weekends. And then I'd be with him on my days off during the week. And then that left us with like one to do days a week where he needed care. And we had a really great friend that had, um, a home daycare so we were able to like take him to somebody that we knew intimately and trusted it, trusted one to two days a week. And that's how we kind of made that work starting into homeschooling. Then eventually we ended up in like a charter school where I kind of had a little bit more help of like a structure of what we were, you know, supposed to be doing. And so that kind of continued on for, for quite a few years. And um, Casey's did great in reading. I mean, we learned how to read. He just needed more time and more patience and less like you're doing it wrong. We did all the the standardized testing still and he like blew it out of the water. It was like he he tested like 90 percentile in math and, um, you know, reading and writing is still it's just not a passion of his, which is why he just he never wanted to read. He's my he's my like math computer like brain, you know, so reading and writing is just something that he's just like, he learned how to do it, but he's also like, I'm not really into this. <laughs> but so when he, we did standardized testing, it was like, he was like 50 percentile, you know, just like average. It was just like, great, cool. Like no, no problem here. I'm like still having goosebumps from the story you told about when, about the teacher. Oh, like, I know. Can you believe and- it? And like the mama bear in you just had to be like, oh, no, you didn't. You know, like I'm taking my baby home with me and we're going to figure out reading on our own. Like, who are you to tell? You know, I can just imagine the feeling that took over you. Uh, I think that is so cool that you just took it into your own hands and figured it out. And I mean, there's like so many layers that we could go into. I wish we had so like two many more layers. hours. Because, because it's like you have your first kid in school. You feel like you're doing everything wrong. Like you're just, it's just like you're so paranoid because you feel like everyone else knows how to do everything right. And you're trying to be like, is my kid okay? Like, it's what are they supposed to be doing right now? And it's just... The thing, the factor that it takes out that's like not even in the societal equation is the natural learning genius that is already in the kid. You know, it's like this. You're not I mean, it, it drives me nuts. And I but I can totally remember that feeling when our daughter was in kindergarten and public school, too. And it was like every time we had a meeting with the teacher, it was like, Oh my God, like she got a, she got like a, an orange instead of a green and the thing. And, and like, is she going to be okay? Such BS, man. Like what? Your first time mom, you're also really young yourself. Like I know I was a young mom. So when all of this was happening, I'm barely like 27, 28 years old. So I'm just like, am I ruining like everything? Like, am I doing this wrong? 
And like I said, I think that's what I'm the most upset about looking back to it is like, how dare a system make young, impressionable children and women question themselves? Like, how dare you? How dare you? Seriously, whenever I get stressed out about anything that has to do with like societal norms, I just look back at history, you know, and it's like, well, if Abraham Lincoln was 20 and barely educated and he became a president and we get this out here we just need to stop being so like i don't even know what the word is with this rulesy but it's like the structure that man has made we put so much faith in but also we have a lot of fear about so it's like oh my god the education system it's like if my kids saw that xyz it's like shut up dude people created this system this isn't like the holy divine like way that we all have to like do something it's like it's a patriarchal construct (laughs) right oh my gosh and what i really felt when you were saying that is that like you said we society and man like there is this template that is created there's this template that everyone is trying to just force their life into and it's like if you can't force your life into this one template then you're a failure. But it's like, no, there's so many templates and you can create your own template. Education is like a very big example. But the idea of the American dream is the same way. And literally every RV family we've met on the road has the same story of like, dude, we were sick of we weren't happy in the American dream of like the dual income and we had the house. We had the. I mean, that's like a big reason why I started this podcast is like, you just don't hear people saying this in mainstream anything, you know? It's like, follow your happiness. Like, it's enough. It doesn't have to be, like you said, like this template or like this picture that someone else painted. And by someone else, I mean an advertiser in the 1950s. You don't have to just like commit to one thing. I think that's what the template says too, is it says to commit to that thing forever. And then if you don't do it forever, you're a failure, which is what we like to say as full-time family adventures is that change never equals failure and different never equals wrong. And like you always have permission to make changes that are necessary for you and your life in that moment on the fly. Like you are enough. You are capable. Like your dreams are enough. Your desires are enough. You're enough. Your wants are enough. And the way that you decide to do it is enough. I feel that so hard. And especially for like, you know, women. And if you take a historical perspective on this and you look back in like the whatever 70s 80s and 90s and like men or like women were entering the workforce and I mean even now everyone's talking about like equal pay for women and career driven and even now with trying to like quote unquote empower women we're painting these pictures of like if you want to sing you have to be Beyonce you know it's like and you have to like do this forever and ever it's like to me the future is exactly what you're talking about it's like yeah, I wanted to be a nurse. And I did that for like, you know, five or seven years. And then I wanted to be a content creator. And I did that. And then I wanted to go like start a retreat center. And I learned how to be a yoga teacher. And then I wanted to be a coach. You know, it's just like we are multifaceted human beings that have a time 
right now to be alive and like experience things and do things. And like, nobody knows what they're doing. Nobody has this figured out. And I just feel like that should give you then all the permission in the world to experiment, adventure, have fun. Yeah, do it. Be a coach, be a nurse, be a hippie, live on the road, live on the moon, travel the world. And none of it is going to be like, ooh, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it is like... Your kids didn't go to public school? Oh, (laughs) Or private school or, or private the right school, school or the right college. You mean right you didn't college? live in a house in the same neighborhood for 30 years and grow yeah. up with the same people? Are you oh, okay? Yes. And it's right. like, yeah, I'm totally okay. And yeah. you don't have to worry about me. Like, you get if to worry about you. Your kids share a bedroom in an RV. Are you sure? Like, oh my God. Don't get me started. Yeah. They get to like learn respected space and like so many things. I have a whole belief about like separation of bedrooms too. I I think that that's really isolating us as human beings. Um, And it's just, I don't think that's natural either. You guys have become content creators. Like speaking of, you know, taking life and doing what you want with it. I mean, tell me about that journey. You guys are like dedicated YouTubers. You're hot on like all social media. It's just like incredible the amount of like content you're putting out there. How did you get started in this? So he was just talking about, I really want to be a YouTuber and I really just like want to start making videos. And so we were like, okay, how do we like make this happen? And so we just started talking about like, what would it look like if like we all made videos like together? And so we came up with this like video idea, all of us. And um, if you haven't yet, I would highly recommend going onto our YouTube channel and watch our very first YouTube video because it's adorable and super fun. It's called Bigfoot Found Us. And um, it ended up becoming a trilogy because we had so much fun making it. And like we took the concept of our that original story and we were like, oh, this is a multiple parter. Like there's a lot of things that happen after Bigfoot found us. So um, and we we originally were forest family. That's uh, that's how that's how full time family adventures got started was we were called forest family And um, yeah, made this little trilogy called Bigfoot Found Us and just had like so much fun. It was like everybody had a good time, you know, and it also showed us that it was giving us that that we always desired, which is being together as a family more. And so we were like sitting around and we were talking about video ideas and like bouncing ideas off of each other and then like writing a script and like writing down ideas. And then we had to like film it together. So we were like filming it together and like having fun, like making bloopers and like seeing what the kids were going to say, you know, on camera. And then we're getting to like edit this video and like get all of these really fun family memories like captured and like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize Cade was doing that in the background and like, look at how cute. And it was just it was so much fun. So that's that's how it started. And um, then we just kind of were like, yeah, let's start taking this seriously. Like, let's be let's be this this YouTube family because it's 
it's showing us that this is like what we've wanted to do. Like, this is again, how do we be together as a family more? Like, oh, like this. And our kids are like involved and they enjoy it. And it was actually their original desire, you know, not ours. And I just feel like having your kids really on board with like what you're doing. Um, I don't know. It's like, it's really huge. I feel like that's kind of a big disconnect in families is that it's like, I mean, obviously you're a, you're an adult mom and dad's way. Like, of course we need to make sure bills are paid and you're fed and things get clean and like whatever, but it's not so authoritative. It's more, we always tell our kids like we're a team and like everybody's ideas matter. And so I felt like this was like a really big opportunity for us as parents to be like, we think that your ideas are like really, really important and like really, really cool. And we can also implement them like into our real life. And like, this is how you do that. After we set off for RV life, I think it was January 2022 was when we were like, let's really expand because we were we were just focused on YouTube. It was just kind of like YouTube is what we do. But once we once we kind of got out on the road, we were like, let's really like monopolize on this and like you know, let's be willing to go and try something different and and um, do short form and get on all socials. So January 2022 was when we were kind of like, hey, world, like this is what we're doing. And like, this is where you can find us. And um, it's just been a fun little adventure since then. Just again, building on top of all of that. Um and and learning and really putting ourselves out there and it's just it's really exciting we're we're just having fun being full-time family adventures and learning so much every step of the way alongside of our kids and um, just getting to share our journey with our with our community and and everybody here listening on rv queens so it's just been a super rad journey is content creation your way out of nursing do you see well content creation i would say is not but full-time family adventures is um which has been the biggest underlying journey that our family has been going through um amidst all of these stories that like you've heard today and that's that we believed we had a belief for a long time that we needed um, other ways to like fuel our dream, that we needed to have a job um, to make money. And it has gotten us into some like really scary financial situations. Um, you know, there's there's so much on that. But, you know, we've gone down to our last penny twice. Uh, you know, trying to figure out what jobs are going to fuel us and to what jobs are going to fuel full-time family adventures because that's always been the dream. And, um, you know, we needed all of these failed, what seemed to be failed kind of like income experiences in order to adopt the belief that our dreams are enough to fuel themselves. And yes, Full-time family adventures is enough to be able to support itself. I see what you're saying. It it all starts with a belief. 
And then it turns into thoughts and emotions. And then it all comes out into the physical world and results and then actual, you know, money. And it's crazy how things line up once once like you're kind of aligned within yourself. Um, and then it's like, oh, I like randomly met the guy and he knew the other guy. And then we got this brand deal. And then there was like a $10,000. You know, I was just like, what? Because money is just energy, you know? And so it's really just like what you put behind, like how you're receiving it and like how you're making it. That's really going to make the biggest impact when it comes to like that part of your life. Something I really appreciate about talking with you and like this is the first time we've ever talked or met by the way for our listeners <laughs> is um that you are really focused on what you want to see in the world and what you want your family to look like and and having full-time family time right and the reason I highlight that is because, you know, the topic that we both just ranted about a few minutes ago about like education system and societal norms and like I you can't get to like what you're wanting, um, like full time family, joy, life, fun from an attitude of like complaining all the time about the like how horrible society and the patriarchy and all that stuff, you know. And I really appreciate that about you. Like you just have this like real positivity, um, even though you're I mean, you're living your own life. Like it sounds like you changed a lot of things about your life and are in a constant state of growth. That's I think that's really powerful that you've retained that positivity. Yeah, well, thank you. And I think you did. I mean, you hit the nail on the head and and what like the solution to like every problem is and it's that like you're just never going to get anywhere if you choose that that victim mindset like was you what you were like I think explaining with just complaining all the time like every person out there we can all if you choose to we can all be the victim to our life I mean I could sit here and tell those stories completely differently you know I could I could choose that route I could tell you that like it's been hard and we didn't know what to do and we had the worst winter ever and like we lost a bunch of money in the trade-in that we made and like I'm working a job that I don't like and like we could just I could choose to like tell my story differently so it's all about how you choose to tell your story like do you want to be right because like you are no matter how you tell your story that's a good phrase you want to yeah. be right. <laughs> like, yeah. What do you want to be right because about? Because you're right either how way. You tell like, it is right. Yep. <laughs> That's what it ends up being. So the slogan for the show is a podcast about unexpected riches. And what do you think the unexpected richness of RV life has been? Like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm going to cry when you ask that question. That's a really good question. Like, like I said, like everything, but the unexpected like riches like really were um, just like within ourselves, you know, like the whole time. Um, the relationship that I have with like my husband and the relationship that I have with my kids. Um, and the relationship that I have with myself is like invaluable. And um, I just know, you know, um, that like 
yeah, maybe we could have like ended up here, like if we like chose another path, but like, I don't think we would have gotten there as quickly or as like magically as we did with RV life. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open. Go make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, I have totally enjoyed the time with you today. Noel, oh my gosh, you me are too. So Thank sweet. you so much. And will you share with the listeners where they can connect with you on the internet? Yes, yes, of course. We are on all socials. Always please come by and say hi to us. Um, you can find us at fulltimefamilyadventures.com. We've got lots of exciting blogs on there um, for your reading and enjoyment. And you can find us on YouTube, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Full-Time Family Adventures. And um, yeah, we're just always there to encourage you to dream big and to embrace your adventurous spirit. We believe that change doesn't equal failure and different doesn't equal wrong. So just come along and be a part of the journey because adventure is out there. Oh, I love it. You are such a light. Oh, I really love this. Well, thank you again for being on the show today, Noel, and I will see you on the road. All right, my friends, that concludes today's episode. Thank you so much for being here and for listening and for being an awesome part of the RV Queens community. If you could please like and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on, that would be awesome. And if you want to have more conversations like this, you can head to rvqueenspodcast.com slash community and find your RV Queens circle today. All right, guys, I'll see you next week or hopefully I will see you on the road. Ugh, gonna make me cry. <laughs>